Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at bbmglobalnetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. Welcome to All About Nursing with your host, Dr. Joyce Batchelor. Executive Nurse Advisor Dr. Batchelor will present the significant role nurses play in providing health care in a multitude of healthcare settings. Listen to some of today's key nurses who work and practice in academia settings and talk about the challenges they face in today's modern medical world. So please welcome the host of All About Nursing, Dr. Joyce Batchelor. Good evening. I'm your host, Dr. Joyce Batchelor on All About Nursing, and we're live on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. I have a special guest with me this evening, and I'd like to tell you a little bit about her. Uh, my guest is Dr. Amy Anderson, who is an assistant professor in the Harris College of Nursing and Health Sciences at Texas Christian University, and is the health policy and advocacy lead for the Texas Christian University and University of North Texas Health Sciences Center School of Medicine. Dr. Anderson serves as an IDEA factory fellow at TCU, working to support design thinking in the health professions. She's also a former health policy fellow at the Heritage Foundation in Washington, D.C. Her media and policy work include publications for the Heritage Foundation, the Washington Times, Big Idea column, as well as interviews with the Wall Street Journal, Healthcare Finance News, Nurse.com, and Regional Radio. Dr. Anderson is an International Council of Nurses Global Nurse Leadership Institute Fellow and works actively as a national consultant for organizations such as AARP and the American Association of Nurse Practitioners on advanced practice and health policy issues in the United States. So welcome this evening, uh, Amy. Thank you, Dr. Bachelor. I'm happy to be here. So let's start with um, you maybe giving the audience a little bit of a background on how you decided to become a nurse. Okay, well, I think for a lot of people, they feel like they have known it all along. They were going to be a nurse. And for me, that really wasn't the case. It was really a choice that I made. Uh, when I was in my undergraduate program, I actually started out as a business accounting major. And I just felt like it wasn't a right fit for me. And so over the summer between my freshman year and my sophomore year, I had to make a decision about where I wanted, what I wanted to do and how I wanted to move forward. And I really was considering both teaching and nursing 
And at some point it just hit me. I have a lot of um, medical people in my family. My mother was a director of a managed care organization in California in the 1990s, worked in insurance underwriting and with physician relations. And my father worked on the pharmaceutical and the medical sales side. And that just felt like where I needed to be. And I had compassion for people and had had an experience in the hospital that made me really want to be a nurse. That's wonderful. Um, You certainly have a very different kind of career path. You're currently a health policy strategist and consultant. What made you want to specialize in health policy? Well, this also sort of stemmed from a personal experience. One of my children was in the hospital, and we spent a good deal of time in the hospital, both in ICU and on on the unit, and then went through process afterwards. And I had some significant experience from a master's level prepared nurse trying to negotiate the system both financially as well as uh, just from an administrative standpoint. We had some, some issues that came up in the hospital. And knowing that I had this information and I still was having difficulty negotiating this, it made me want to go back to school to get my doctorate and figure out how to really make a change in the system that was positive for patients and families. And so immediately after all of the healthcare concerns were completed, I applied for my doctoral program that I went to at Texas Tech. And uh, and during that time at Texas Tech, we got many opportunities to look at different areas of potential practice post-doctoral work. And one of my experiences took me to a government organization where I had actually had many conversations, one with a director, and I won't tell exactly where it was, but about the healthcare reform that was coming down at the time. And the response that I got really was, it's not our, you know, it's not, we don't get to decide what we feel about it. We just have to do it. It's whatever regulation or legislation comes down and we're supposed to put it into place. And this sort of light bulb went off, okay, I need to go further up and really the legislative portion and the regulatory portion is what impacts what we do at the bedside and what's done within the hospital system. And so at that moment forward, I started looking for policy fellowships or any way to get involved in uh, health policies to help influence the decision makers at the table. And that really, you know, was at the national and state level. Did you have uh, mentors along the way or reach out to have other colleagues assist you as you were going into this specialized area? Absolutely. Uh, Dr. Alexia Green, who is, um, has been the dean at Texas Tech and uh, really has been a great mentor to me. She's worked um, in the state of Texas very heavily in health policy and also works with the University of New Mexico and their RWJF. A pro PhD program in health policy. So she's been a great mentor to me. And on the outside of nursing um, at the Heritage Foundation, I really worked closely with Dr. Robert Moffitt, who worked within the Reagan administration, working on health policy and reform. And he was a, a, just a superb mentor um, during my time, just sort of getting my feet wet in the policy arena. And have you had any um, other experiences? I mean, did you have any kind of, because I was curious about the fellowship that you were uh, involved in. Can you say a little bit more about that? Absolutely. So uh, I had applied for the fellowship at the Heritage Foundation and spent that time in 2013 in Washington, D.C., really doing policy analysis. Um, I went out in Washington to different government organizations, 
nursing organizations and really spoke to um, some leaders in the field uh, about their expertise, what their uh, opinions were, what they were finding in research, what their evidence was to support the direction that they were personally supporting for reform. Um, and to use in my analysis of the Affordable Care Act, um, my paper was the impact of the Affordable Care Act on the healthcare workforce. I really talked to issues that we as healthcare workers are facing when healthcare reform comes down, whether it's the ACA or other health reform and the issues with workforce shortages and rural health and where providers are placed and the fact that APRNs are not able to practice to the full extent of their uh, authority and other locals, you know, not in every state. And so how we're going to deal with that, the stress and burnout that was coming for physicians, the lack of funding in certain areas of medical education, um, how we could continue to support um, workforce reauthorizations and that sort of thing. So it really was wonderful experience to be able to get out in Washington, D.C. and really talk to those uh, big influencers in health policy and understand how reform came about and how we could help advance positive portions of reform and, um, you know, support our nurses as well. That was a big piece for me as wanting to support the nursing profession if I was able to in any work that I did. That sounds very exciting. And I would assume that you were finding that there were a lot of people that really did need help understanding more about the decisions they were making or the policies they were making in terms of bringing your nursing expertise. Is that accurate? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I even when I the first week I was in my office in Washington, I had people coming in saying we're so glad that to have a nurse's perspective here because you understand what's really happening on the ground within the unit, within the hospital, within the system, and can provide great knowledge to that. And, you know, there are not a, a huge number of nurses that really step into the policy arena. And so it isn't a place that we as a profession can work to influence. It's very exciting to hear all of this, Amy. Uh, right now, we're going to need to take a little break. This is all about nursing. I'm Dr. Joyce Batchelor. We're live on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. According to the American Nurses Association, there are approximately three and a half to four million nurses in the United States. So where do all these nurses work? What kind of roles do they have? What kind of education and training help to prepare them for so many different settings? What kind of impact do nurses have on patients? outcomes. The World Health Organization has announced that 2020 will be the year of the nurse, honoring the 200th birth anniversary of Florence Nightingale. An international initiative called Nursing Now is underway to raise the profile of nursing. The National Academy of Medicine has convened a committee to create the future of nursing 2020 to 2030 that will focus on how the nursing profession can create a culture of health, reduce health disparities, and improve the health and well-being of the U.S. population. Learn more and join Joyce Batchelor on All About Nursing, Wednesdays from 7 to 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on the BBM Global Network. Dr. Rob Moyer is the director of the Ocean River Institute, and he is passionate about saving the ocean by helping dolphins suffering from nitrogen pollution. Nitrogen is a dangerous pollutant, affecting our oceans, altering ocean ecosystems, and contributing to global warming. The Ocean River Institute provides opportunities to make a difference and encourages people to go the distance for savvy stewardship of a greater and bluer planet Earth. 
partnered with organizations from Massachusetts to Florida, Alaska to the Caribbean, the Ocean River Institute's mission is to foster involvement in conservation and environmental monitoring by facilitating grassroots efforts at local and regional levels. Hello, I'm Rob Moyer of the Ocean River Institute. Please visit our website at oceanriver.org. Sign up for free e-alerts. You may call us at 617-661-6647. Our email address is info at Ocean River. Become informed and then act with us. Thank you. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to All About Nursing, live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. I'm Dr. Joyce Batchelor, the host of the show. And my guest this evening is Dr. Amy Anderson, who was sharing with us a lot of very exciting work that she's been leading around getting involved in health policy and advocacy. And her experience is certainly very impressive. And just before the break, Amy, you had started to talk a little bit about how your expertise as a nurse and the kind of knowledge that you had was very helpful to the people that were making decisions or trying to understand healthcare reform. Could you say a little bit more about that? Because I think you had mentioned that sometimes nurses are not at the tables as much as perhaps we need to be, and you could see the value of that. Yes, absolutely. Um, We are valued as a profession. We certainly are the most trusted profession as has many surveys over the many years have shown, and people want to know what we think. And it's really important as a profession that we are educated in what's happening in current events, what's happening in politics and policy. And I think as a nursing profession, sometimes we don't view, value ourselves as much as others do in this arena. And that if, if you know, you could really see how important it is for those decision makers to know what's happening because they can't be experts in all things. I mean, they're dealing with things that, you know, are outside of our field and they have to know so much about so many different areas of the economy, of, you know, different businesses, um, different professions that they really need us as experts to present information to them so that they really understand, they have that boots on the ground perspective on how it impacts people, which turns into their constituents, which they want to please as much as possible, of course, Um, but they really have to have the facts and the stories and the information to go with it. And we as nurses have wonderful stories to tell, good stories, bad stories. Um, And we also have facts and information about the impact of that legislation or regulation on what it does to us when we're trying to care for people. And I think that we see that across medicine, that really Legislation and regulation influences and guides all deci- almost all, all decision-making when it comes to a systems and process issues, and that really we're seeing that. And a lot of times making those connections and connecting those dots for nurses, um, if, they, if we can do that and make sure that they're really aware and educated about that, then in turn they can present that information to their legislator or other decision makers in order to uh, greatly influence how things go in healthcare. That's wonderful. On prior shows, we've talked about the fact that there's like about three and a half to four million nurses in the country. And some somehow, if we could really get all of their voices being heard around some of the things that need to change when we look at social determinants of health and just the impact sometimes of all the regulations, et cetera, it would, I think there could be such a huge impact, but we haven't quite gotten there in terms of all being aligned. But I was curious, you know, um, what are some of the highlights of your policy career? Because it sounds like you've done a lot of very exciting work. 
Uh, well, I've had I've, I've really enjoyed it, and it's sort of just sort of come by not come naturally. Um, from the work that I did at the Heritage Foundation, a consultant out of uh, West Virginia contacted me. They found my legis uh, my uh, piece at the Heritage Foundation that supported APRNs and they're working to the top of their license and asked me to consult and strategize on how we could move legislation forward in West Virginia. Um, I developed a couple of policy briefs and actually went to West Virginia and went and talked to the Lieutenant Governor and the Speaker of the House there and other members of their legislature, you know, imploring upon them, talking to them about the importance of how, the importance of APRNs within rural health care, how they could provide access points and decrease cost. And for West Virginia, that was a really essential moment in their uh, legislative history. They had had a flip from one political group to another within the legislature. And so it was, it was a great moment for them to, they were having difficulty with their budget and it was a, a wonderful opportunity to present that to them what it was that nurses could do to help in the state and that, um, legislation passed and went forward and so that was a wonderful opportunity working with ARP and the consultants and the nurses associations really just sort of helping outline how to move forward and advance legislation as well as advance healthcare and outcomes for the state. So really for me being there um, on site and just being able to ask questions, um, providing them facts and figures and information about what APRNs do and how they are educated and all that was a, a great opportunity for me and I really enjoyed it. Um, and that really led to some work with ARP, um, the RWJF Foundation on Future of Nursing campaign, uh, doing workshops uh, around the country on how to speak to a diverse set of stakeholders and really ensuring that we were hitting all sides of the political debate on issues related to APRNs. And there, that sort of naturally moved to me working, doing some work for AANP, doing workshops regionally, um, lot, you know, to make sure that uh, nurses, nurse practitioners prepared to make the case for what they wanted within the states that they are living in. Um, and, you know, I, from an international policy perspective, um, I was very interested in getting better understanding of global health and how we were working within the global arena from a nursing perspective on policy. So my opportunity to go work with the International Council of Nurses and other global nurse leadership institute fellows on issues that are um, international and speaking with leaders from around the world about similar, you know, many things are very similar. Our systems mm -hmm. are very different, but the kinds of things that nurses are dealing with around the world for some countries are very similar, for others very different. So it was a very uh, exciting thing for me to do. Um, I recently, from that, made some uh, colleagues who, uh, Lisa Darsh out of Shenandoah University, as well as Kathleen Murphy out of UTMB Galveston. And we recently started um, an alliance called the Global Nurse Consulting Alliance. And we're doing um, additional international work with uh, uh, non-governmental organizations helping work on nursing policies, um, you know, doing one-on-one -on -one mentorship of nurse leaders internationally. And so that's just begun and we're, we're, we're about to launch our website and um, really trying to just help provide some, some support 
as well as that mentoring and coaching uh, for individuals in nursing around the world. Um, That's really exciting, and I think that your timing is really a Wonderful when we're looking at 2020 being the year of the nurse and Nursing Now USA and all of that. So we'll talk a little bit more about that um, after our break. Right now, we're coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. This is all about nursing. I'm Dr. Joyce Batchelor, and again, we'll continue this conversation when we come back. Are you looking for employment and live in Los Angeles, Orange, Riverside, and San Bernardino counties? Jobs Annex is the place for you. Are you an employer looking to fill a position or quite a few positions in Los Angeles, Orange, Riverside, and San Bernardino counties? Jobs Annex is for you. Employers, JobsAnnex.com is your resource for career-minded people. JobsAnnex.com is the convenient place for job seekers and employers to hook up and move forward. Jobs Annex has been serving Los Angeles, Orange, Riverside, and San Bernardino counties for over 14 years. Jobs Annex is a former employment search firm. We've evaluated many thousands of resumes and we understand what employers want and what job applicants need to be successful in their interviews. At Jobs Annex, we provide you with the tools to tell your story for free. Our resources at JobsAnnex.com will help each applicant construct an award-winning resume, an eye-catching cover letter, and key interview questions to ask in various types of interviews. Best of all, it's free. JobsAnnex.com. That's J-O-B-S-A-N-N-E-X.com. Mike Zorick, a three-time California state champion in Greco-Roman wrestling at 114 pounds. Mike, blind since birth, was born in Hartford, Connecticut. He was a six-time national placer, including two seconds, two-thirds, and two-fourths. He also won the Veterans Folk Style Wrestling twice at 152 pounds. In all these tournaments, he was the only blind competitor. Nancy Zorick, a creative spirit whose talents have taken her to the stage and into galleries and exhibitions in several states. Her father, a commercial artist who shared his instruments with his daughter and helped her fine-tune her natural abilities, influenced her decision to follow in his footsteps. Ms. Zorick has enjoyed a fruitful career doing what she loves. Listen Saturday mornings at 12 Eastern for The Nancy and Mike Show for heartwarming stories and interesting talk on the BBC. BBM Global Network. Welcome back. I'm your host, Dr. Joyce Batchelor, and all about nursing. We're live on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Before the break, uh, Dr. Amy Anderson, who's my guest this evening, had started to share a lot of exciting work that she's been leading and the launching of a Global Nurse Consulting Alliance, which is just getting going. And maybe you could share a little bit more about what the goals are of your consulting group and how people could get in touch with you if they had questions for you. Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, so uh, with my uh, colleagues, Elisa Darsh out of Shenandoah University, as well as Kathleen Murphy out of UTMB Galveston, we really had just um, been doing sort of a mentorship with each other on how to do a better job of influencing global health and global health policy. And so we had um, had some colleagues um, internationally that were, were wanting to speak to us about um, some of things like policy preparation and um, some want, they were wanting some one-on-one mentoring and uh, any kind of consulting service that we could do for some non-governmental organizations. Uh, we were working with currently uh, Doctors Without Borders um, and just, you know, providing help in how to advance work that they're doing within the policy arena and just, you know, sort of being a sounding board for 
you know, how could you, how could we do this? And what are your thoughts on this? You know, just that one-on-one -on -one that we all need sometimes just helping to encourage us as well as providing just a greater opportunity for more minds thinking about a topic and how we might be able to accomplish things in nursing around the world. Uh, so that we're really working on that. And again, we're about to launch our website and it will be thegnca.com. Um, anyone can find me on LinkedIn. Um, also on Twitter, my Twitter handle is Amy Anderson DNP. Um, as well as you can email me at amyanderson26 at icloud.com. Um, from me, my personal consulting work, I do advocacy for, for national professional organizations. I provide policy briefs, policy workshops. I also look at curriculum um, development for health policy and nursing education and provide educational presentations for universities. And I'm also available to do strategic planning sessions for any legislative action that, that might be coming up that you just need another idea or thought about. So, you know, I would be happy to help anyone that would like to contact me um, to advance healthcare really is my purpose and ensuring that we have better outcome for patients and families is really my goal. And so, and you know, anything that's related to that, I'm trying to work on. And I really think that nursing education needs an additional element of policy threaded through it. And, um, and so that's where my uh, academia presentations come from and, you know, my heart for that. You know, as you were speaking, I was sitting here thinking, my gosh, the American College of Nursing is looking at the essentials for the baccalaureate, master's, and doctor of nursing practice. And, boy, they ought to be talking to you about <laughs> what kinds of things should be in there or when it comes to health policy and advocacy, because I think those are areas, as you said, that we could really uh, do a little bit more focusing on. I was just curious if you had a chance to be involved in any of that. Absolutely, yes. Um, I was part of the AACN's uh, faculty policy think tank and worked with right. some great individuals from around the country, uh, making, you know, really looking at the state of policy education and nursing, sort of assessing where we were at, um, discussing the essentials, uh, and really just trying to come up with recommendations for the board on how to advance that particular agenda, ensuring that our nurses are coming out better educated in policy to deal with the issues that we're seeing with healthcare reform consistently changing with new regulations and legislation. It's just a time period where we need to be, and, and for the future too, is just really aware and have a greater understanding of the big picture in healthcare so that we don't have that tunnel vision and we're just thinking about what's happening on our unit in our patient's room, but really what what's happening out there externally really influences what happens internally. So that was a great experience to work with some experts around the country and really make those recommendations uh, to the board, which were, I believe if I remember correctly, all accepted. Um, and the recommendations are available on the AACN website. And there are many webinars that have come out in the last about year and a half on those policy recommendations. Uh, Dr. Nancy Short and I began the webinar just talking about the process and what the recommendations were to the board. 
that's very exciting to hear. And I was starting to also say before the last commercial that your timing on this with the year of the nurse being 2020 with Florence's 200th anniversary and really looking at uh, nursing now USA. I went to a meeting in Chapel Hill just a few weeks ago and how we really begin to raise up some of the things that we can be working on collectively. And I was pleased to see that Sue Hassmiller was at that meeting and really looking at the National Academy of Medicine's 2020-2030 work. And it just seems like we're starting to have conversations about how to make all of this connect, which is very, very exciting. And um, are you involved in some of that work as well, Amy? Uh, yeah, yes, I have been involved uh, as a, a GNLI, that's our acronym for Global Nurse Leadership Institute, as a fellow there um, working with the International Council of Nurses. I've made a lot of contacts around the world. We spent time at the World Health Organization speaking with some of their nursing experts as well as healthcare experts. Um, we were aware of the state of the world nursing report last year. We knew that it was going to be uh, we, year of 2020 was going to be named the year of the nurse. And we were so thankful for Dr. Tedros. I cannot pronounce his last name, but he's just wonderful. Um, heading up the World Health Organization and ensuring that nursing was a part of what is happening to advance healthcare internationally. Uh, and him putting into place Dr. Elizabeth Iro, um, uh there at as the chief nurse of the world on really helping to guide some of that discussion as well as uh, ICN's Howard Catton and also uh, Barbara Stilwell at Nursing Now. So there's a lot of connections being made there to really ensure that next year is really focused on nursing from a world perspective and what nursing does to advance healthcare and care for people. And so it's just a wonderful opportunity right this minute and this is why it's so important that nurses get involved in policy because we have this opportunity we will be very visible in the next year internationally and around the globe um, and hopefully here in the states and that way um, we can really make our voice known and sort of reestablish our positioning at the policy table I think it was when Sue Hassmiller was on one of the prior shows, uh, or it might have been Pam Cipriano, but they said something about there are approximately 10 million nurses across the world. And I thought, wow, can you can you imagine what would happen if we could really do, as you're saying, really be involved in, and influence a lot of the changes that nurses know need to happen? So that was very exciting to hear. We are coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. This is the All About Nursing show. I'm Dr. Joyce Batchelor, the host. And we are going to take a break and be right back. Abuse happens every moment of every day. According to national statistics in the United States, every two minutes, someone is sexually assaulted. And every 10 minutes, a report of child abuse is made. Those currently struggling with abuse, or if you know someone who has been the victim of abuse, you are not alone. Whether physical, mental, emotional, or sexual, no, there is hope, there is help, there is healing. Author Tammy Hall has written a book from her own account of abuse called Journey of Courage that can guide you through your own personal journey of healing. Stop struggling through life. It's your story. It's your healing. And it can begin with the first turn of the page. Visit www.journeyofcourage.com to begin your path to becoming the person you were ultimately created to be. Healed, hopeful, happy. Are you stressed? Is your stress driving you crazy? Do you know there are many ways to relieve the stress? 
The Spirit Within Massage and Hypnosis Clinic does just that. Reduce your stress plus so much more. Established in 1997, the Spirit Within Massage and Hypnosis Clinic offers an approach to wellness. For those individuals who choose to either utilize appropriate complementary methods to enhance their current medical care, or to those individuals who are on their personal journey toward improved health and wellness through the use of therapeutic bodywork, Reiki energy healing, or hypnosis. The Spirit Within Massage and Hypnosis Clinic is owned by Dr. Judy Dean, a registered nurse and board-certified massage therapist and medical hypnotherapist in LaPorte, Indiana. Visit www.spiritwithinmassage-hypnosis.com to see all services offered by Dr. Judy. For a free personal consultation, please call Dr. Judy Dean at 219-326-1380. The Spirit Within Massage and Hypnosis Clinic, 219-326-1380. You are listening to All About Nursing, live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. I'm Dr. Joyce Batchelor, the host of the show. And prior to our break, Dr. Amy Anderson was telling us about a lot of the exciting work that she's been leading and launching her her own uh, consulting company called Global Nurse Consultant Alliance and uh, the kind of impact that they're really trying to have, not just here in the U.S., but across the globe, which has just been very, very exciting. I, I thought it might be helpful to kind of talk a little bit more, too, about the fact that you do a lot of um, academia teaching on health policy to both nursing and medical students at the Harris College of Nursing and Health Sciences at TCU and the Department of Medical Education at TCU and UNT Health Sciences Center. So what is the importance of doing this kind of policy education in healthcare and really getting our nursing and medical students much more aware of what to do? So it's been really a great opportunity. Uh, you know, I enjoy education, and I have all of my career, even at the hospital, I always wanted to have students because I thought it was important for, you know, them to understand how to do things, why we do them, and all that. So it's been really enjoyable to teach um, in academia and really bring that policy piece to them and really hopefully instill and inspire some action on their part. Um, and so for me, getting to teach both nursing and now um, just being appointed to work in the medical education arena and teach, uh, you know, lead that health policy and advocacy has been phenomenal. Um, I would say our new medical school has got some really uh, unique and new methods of teaching, and I think it's really going to impact um, the kind of graduates that we're seeing out of medical school. I think it's sort of a movement within medicine to make some changes, um, and really the purpose there is to find an empathetic scholar when they graduate so that there's really under more understanding of um, not only the, the, the patient experience, well, the patient experience, the family experience, how other factors are affecting them, how policy affects, you know, the, their business, licensure, regulatory, um, the impact that has on their business, and really just the day-to-day operations. But really, I think we also forget about the fact, and I want to instill this into the nursing community as well, is that we're taking uh, care of patients, and we always talk about a holistic view of them. But somehow we forget that little piece of financial health. And we know that finances cause significant stress and anxiety in many American households. And healthcare is a huge piece of that. And so when people are wanting to enter the medical communities because they have issues, there's fear related to that. And then on the other side of it, there's fear waiting for the bill to come in the mail. And so, I, you know, for me, it's, it's wanting to explain how the system functions, number one, so that there is understanding of that, explaining how that impacts patients that they're working with, 
and trying to, you know, really brainstorm how we can to make some changes to our current system that will be more patient friendly from a financial perspective. And so that, that greater understanding of how the system functions, what other systems there are around the world, how that impacts practice either in medicine or nursing is just essential to being an all around uh, good professional in the medical arena. That's my perspective. You know, you bring up the cost of health care, and I read a story a couple of weeks ago about a young man who died because his family didn't have the money for his insulin. And, you know, you kind of, you're taken aback when you read something like that and think, you know, that, that should not be happening in our country. And yet, you're absolutely correct. We know lots of times people will make the decision to keep food on the table and not get their medications, their prescriptions filled. So you've raised a really good point. It kind of goes with the push for transparency on prices, which I know we're still working on and trying to get better at. But it definitely is a huge issue. So it, it really um, is, and and it's it's a difficult decision to make, especially for a family like for many families across the country, and with that um, increase in deductibles that has come across in the last few years, that has really um, impeded people from entering the medical arena. And I think long term that it's going to affect patient outcomes, and we're going to see that research start showing up later. I mean, for the pr- price of pharmaceuticals are very high for us in the U.S. Um, I think I read recently that it was anywhere from two to eight times that of what's spent in other countries on medicines. And, you know, if you look at the U.K. and they're spending twice as much on medications that we are in the U.S., the U.S. Ameri- I mean, Americans aren't making twice the salary of those people that live in the U.K. So we, we've got some real significant issues that need to be addressed both in price transparency, knowing what you're getting into when you walk into a doctor's office or a provider's office or hospital or a clinic or wherever you happen to go, but also on the back end, just really saying, you know, are we being ethical in the decisions that we're making? Can we keep our doors open? What can we do to help that financial health of patients and families? Well, and that kind of goes to the mergers that we've been seeing that I think are going to potentially be disruptive when you look at Aetna and C- CVS buying that insurance company and the whole merging yeah. of like um, Amazon working with uh, Berkshire Hathaway and all of that. I mean, I, I think we're going to see people, other people outside of healthcare potentially trying to disrupt and make some significant changes to address what you've just been speaking of. Um, are there some other ways that the nursing community can increase visibility and influence in health policy decision-making? Absolutely. I mean, we, we sort of touched on the increase in, in policy education and nursing. I think that's essential that our graduates are walking out with a better understanding of how both the system works, how, legislate, how the legislation comes into play, how regulation and administrative ruling impacts what they're doing and how they can have an opinion about it, provide comments, um, to organizations like uh, Health and Human Services or CMS as these rules are coming down or in the legislative arena going out and talking to legislators and decision makers and giving them some detailed information of the impact that those, that legislation has. Of course, we need more nurses on state and national health committees. And so those connections that people can make within their either their political organizations or through their professional organizations so that they can get on those committees to provide a voice for nurses and really for patients and families, that's how I see it, um, is really essential. And then we can always use more nurses in office. 
I mean, we have. <laughs> when the one I know of in Congress, there are many across the country within the state legislatures, and that voice is really essential, really, to provide to, you know, many aspects of what goes on within a state related to either health and human services or other areas of, of um, expertise that they can use, whether it's business or whatever their particular background is. One of the things that I'm smiling about as you're talking about this is that we have a problem, though, where, where nurses are still invisible in the media. And and that's something yes. that I know people are really starting to raise more, and we can certainly explore that a little bit more. Uh, this is all about nursing. I'm your host, Dr. Joyce Batchelor. We're live on the BPM Global Network and TuneIn Radio, and it's time for us to take a short break. WikiWags brings harmony back into your home for male dogs and their owners. Inventor and entrepreneur Linda Jangula has created the disposable doggy diaper wraps made with the male dog in mind. The built-in wicking ability prevents rashing and other potential health issues for your dog. Each wrap comes in four sizes and has dual reattachable magic tabs for easy adjustments. And each size has a 7-inch logo strip for adjustability. So they are comfortable and easy to use. No more fuss, just leave the mess to us. Whether you're in or out, your dog will be free to run about. Stop cleaning and start enjoying your home, and you can even leave your dog alone. To order your WikiWags, visit wikiwags.com, or to find out where to buy WikiWags in your town, visit mywikiwags.com and start enjoying having man's best friend around. According to the American Nurses Association, there are approximately three and a half to four million nurses in the United States. So where do all these nurses work? What kind of roles do they have? What kind of education and training help to prepare them for so many different settings? What kind of impact do nurses have on patient outcomes? The World Health Organization has announced that 2020 will be the year of the nurse, honoring the 200th birth anniversary of Florence Nightingale, an international initiative called Nursing now is underway to raise the profile of nursing. The National Academy of Medicine has convened a committee to create the future of nursing 2020 to 2030 that will focus on how the nursing profession can create a culture of health, reduce health disparities, and improve the health and well-being of the U.S. population. Learn more and join Joyce Batchelor on All About Nursing Wednesdays from 7 to 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on the BBM Global Network. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to All About Nursing, live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. I'm Dr. Joyce Batchelor, the host of the show. And before the break, uh, my guest, Dr. Amy Anderson, who's uh, been just telling us a lot about the wonderful work she's leading around health policy and advocacy, was sharing ways that nurses can become much more visible and influential in health policy. And I had raised the issue that we seem to be lacking visibility in the media, though. And I know that Amy has done a lot of work around this, and it was one of the reasons that sort of drove me to doing this radio show, because people don't seem to know what nurses do, how specialized, and all the different places that we work. So I don't know if you wanted to say a little bit about that, because I know you do a lot of work around trying to really enhance our image in the media. Uh, yes, I would love to. Um, and, and here you are, Dr. Bachelor, on a radio show doing an excellent job increasing visibility for health policy and all things healthcare. So thank you for your interest in doing that and, and having this show and having me on the show. Um, from a media perspective, um, some of the nurses or whoever our, list, our listeners are um, may know about a study called the Woodhold Study, and that was um, 
done by uh, several nursing leaders in health policy and media, one of which being Diana Mason, who was also one of the lead uh, people who I worked with on Global Nurse Leadership Institute uh, for the ICN, really work, uh, working on policy work from an international perspective, but really pulling that media piece in and talking about why are nurses not, uh, you know, ed people aren't coming out asking us about things. And that would whole study showed that over the last uh, few decades, how we really haven't increased in visibility and it have gone down, I think it was 4%, and that was down to 2%, and that was over several decades. And so uh, I'm not really sure what the driver is behind that, but what I do know is that we have got to make more connections with individuals within the media, whether it's a journalist um, on radio or journalist uh, newspaper or journalists in television, that we have to make those personal connections in order to be able to have the opportunity to respond to, it, uh, to interest stories, whether it's healthcare related, health policy or reform or individual patient stories. Um, and so they need to get to know us. And so we have to get ourselves out there and really uh, tell what we know. I mean, we know, we know a lot about what's happening. We understand this impact that, that everything that happens in the healthcare arena has on patients and families like we've been talking about. And so it's, you know, the onus is on us to get out there and say, here we are, here's what we know, we can provide expertise. You don't always have to go to a medical doctor. You don't always have to go to a PhD in public policy, but that there are a lot of leaders in nursing that can provide excellent information, facts, figures, and stories for those investigative stories or other types of stories that are, you know, it's really important. So whether it's newspaper and you're writing op-eds or, you know, trying to, to get a, some time on TV or here on a radio show, um, we, again, have to make those connections. And so I think, that, I think that if we start knocking on doors and sort of saying, here we are, here's what we know, here's our expertise level, that we can start moving that percentage of, of stories that have nurses included, you know, back the right direction in a positive direction. Oh, that's great. I wanted to ask you a little bit about your Global Nurse Leadership Institute Fellowship at the International Council of Nurses. Um, what are some of the major initiatives that are being focused on internationally? So we talked a little bit earlier about that the Year of the Nurse and uh, the partnership really with the World Health Organization from an ICN perspective. They were so thrilled to have um, them come on and decide that they would do the Year of the Nurse being 2020, as well as the State of the World Nursing Report, which is being worked on heavily um, by individuals both at the World Health Organization, some non-governmental organization, as well as the ICN and other professional organizations providing information so that the report can be written. Um, I, you know, I know that uh, for me, I was recently asked to be um, a volunteer uh, for the editorial portion for JPIGO, which is an NGO, um, and that came from having a colleague at GNLI um, as a, a fellow colleague um, who was working on the report. So, we're, you know, everyone is actively trying to get a better picture of nursing around the world, really look at significance of um, what we are doing and accomplishing as well as what our workforce numbers are truly around the world. Um, what are the tasks and roles nurses are doing around the world? Because from, from country to country, it varies. And so understanding how licensure and, and regulation, knowing some countries don't have regulation, some countries don't have licensure. And so just really understanding 
what the big picture is on nursing globally um, and how then we can strategically plan how to impact specific areas of concern or highlight areas of things we're doing very well. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you a bit more about is this idea of Factory Fellow at TCU, uh, where you explore design thinking and application of future of healthcare. What are some of the things that you all are looking at to try to improve the efficiency of healthcare and bring the costs down? So the things that I've looked at really from a design perspective, I mean, really just understanding the design process is a very different arena than healthcare and healthcare education. And so how can we work in a professionally with different uh, with different students across campus or across both um, the UNT Health Science Center uh, and TCU Med School as well as into the business school, graphic design, other areas of the university. What are other people seeing, maybe not just in healthcare, but in academia? Um, we're looking at different kinds of design challenges, including healthcare design challenges. Um, for me, it's just always staying apprised of current thought um, looking at innovation, and I'll, I know we all throw the word innovation around, but really looking at from a technology perspective, from just an awareness of artificial intelligence and telehealth and how and mobile health and how all those things can work together to increase access and ensuring that we maintain quality in all of that, but potentially reducing costs for um, patients and families in the United States. I also see us looking at how we are going to, as a profession, reevaluate the tasks and roles within all of the professions in the medical arena and saying, you know, we all need to be working at the top of our license to maintain efficiency. And by maintaining efficiency, we're also talking about improving quality and reducing costs. And that's, you know, that's one of, there are many things that we drive for, you know, we're trying to advance these ideas. And if, and we have to be willing to sort of Maybe we have to give up a little here in nursing that we think is our territory, but it's something that someone else could actually accomplish and do well and do safely. Then we need to be working on the things that we know that are nursing-centric that need to be our arena. And the same for medicine. And that you know that's part of the reason that my work for the Heritage Foundation talking about APRNs and the importance of allowing them to function at the top of their license um, is so important around the country, and that's really to improve access as well as efficiency. That's wonderful. Um, this is all about nursing. I'm your host, Dr. Joyce Batchelor. We're live on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio, and we're going to continue this conversation when we come back. Certified professional coach Pamela Reeves can help you with your relationships. Motivational and image coaching are just some of the ways she can help you enhance all aspects of your life. Her book, Is It Love or Merely a Sick Attachment, helps readers clearly distinguish healthy, loving relationships from toxic ones. Ms. Reeves has put her words into action through Ray of Hope Kenya, an international initiative that provides outreach to victims of abusive relationships there with the goal of helping them rebuild their lives and the tools to avoid abuse. Ms. Reeves operates various business interest through her umbrella network, Nella LLC, and credits her success to her diverse work experience. Whatever your goals, whether striking a balance, reinventing your image, or simply lifting your lifestyle, Pamela Reeves will help you achieve them. Your life, your call. Dial 410-902-5715 or email Pamela at pamrego one at verizon.net. She's also on the web at pamreeves.com and on Twitter at Pamela underscore Reeves. 
Global Glory. That's the work of Dr. Marina McLean, COO of Global Glory, whose calling is to serve God. A first-generation British-born Londoner of Jamaican descent, Dr. McLean inherited the hunger for the word from her father, who was a Bible teacher. Growing up, her home was filled with missionaries from the Caribbean islands and America, and she travels the world preaching the gospel. She has a Bachelor of Arts degree in theology and an honorary doctorate of divinity and Christian counseling from Friends International Christian University. Dr. McLean is also a songwriter and recording artist, and her songs are written during summits and conferences in the presence of God. She's recorded three worship albums to date and is in ministry for 28 years alongside her husband, Dr. Rennie McLean, who shares her passion. Visit www.globalglory.org or on Facebook at Global Glory. Call 866-244-5679 and feel the glory. Good evening. I'm your host, Dr. Joyce Batchelor, on all about nursing. We're live on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. And I have my guest, Dr. Amy Anderson, who's been doing a phenomenal job sharing a lot of the very exciting work that she's working around around uh, the globe, actually, uh, to influence health policy changes and advocacy and her work with academia and the Idea Factory, that fellowship that uh, is working on innovative ideas, I think, which is very, very exciting. As we're as we were talking about everything tonight, I was just curious if you could help us look at what are some of the major issues that you believe nursing will be facing in the near future? Thank you um, for having me back. Um, I also think, well, I think that nursing is going to continue to face some issues that we've been facing over the last few years and that um, workforce shortage is something that we're going to face for some time uh, due to the baby boomers sort of starting to hit that peak of need of chronic disease and needing care and so i think that that's an issue that we're going to continue to be working on for for several years to come um, as well as the social determinants of health it's truly a public health issue and then i think nurses really are out there and wanting to address uh, those uh, sort of social determinants of health. I also think that we'll be looking more, you know, more focused on people-centered care and stress and burnout. Uh, it's one of the things I actually talked about years ago in that paper, one of the papers for Heritage Foundation is really stress and burnout of workers and how institutions and systems are going to have to look at, continue to look at how to improve conditions for the workers, uh, both nurses and physicians and ensuring that, you know, the environment is healthy for them as well so that they can in turn be more efficient in their care. Um, they have to care for themselves before they can care for everyone else. Um, I, I think nursing will continue to have a discussion about how we can end abuse um, in the healthcare arena. I mean, I think that's been a big topic for many states on how we can prevent violence in the workplace. Um, it's widely known that, that it's a significant issue and hopefully we can continue to move them legislation forward that helps protect nurses around the country, as well as physicians. I mean, healthcare is an area where there's a lot of anxiety. Uh, people are uncomfortable, fearful, and that sometimes results in maybe sometimes uncharacteristic behaviors, but dangerous behaviors that we have to address and make sure that we are safe. Um, you know, it's, I don't think there's a lot of huge changes coming other than the technology wave, which we're beginning on and, you know, seeing where that goes. Obviously, we've got EHRs in place in many places, but interoperability is a problem. And so that's something that we're going to see in nursing, trying to work that out and how we can ensure that everything is talking to each other so that we can be more efficient. 
Um, of course, that creates some proprietary issues, and, and I'm not one to say how that will be resolved. But I do think that uh, there is a push to ensure that uh, we can figure out how to be more efficient in our technology use. And again, I think we're pushing more patients out to um, outside of the hospital. So nursing is really going to have to sort of change that focus to the outside setting versus, you know, the ambulatory setting versus that in-hospital setting. I think that's kind of exciting, especially if you look at the wearables and all the things that we can yes. start to use to really help with more prevention and managing people outside of the hospitals and uh, getting a better quality and hopefully also so, uh, simultaneously decreasing costs. Um, uh, one last question that I have for you, Amy, is we're getting close to the primaries in the 2020 elections. Healthcare is always a contentious debate. What health policy issues do you anticipate will be important to voters in this election? Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Uh, um, politics tends to be con uh, contentious, and healthcare has been contentious for many years now. And I think, again, it's just going to be that sort of war of ideology. Are we wanting big government? Are we wanting private sector and healthcare or a hybrid of it? And we currently have a somewhat of a hybrid system. And so really, what, you know, what do the people of America think? And um, how are they going to respond to the issues that we're facing, like the surprise medical billing that we're dealing with. I mean, that's increased over uh, the last uh, few years. I think they, a recent Stanford study said 32% of people ended up with surprise medical billing, and six years later, it's 42%. So that's a really concern. Price transparency, um, the cost of pharmaceuticals, uh, choosing their own provider, uh, and really prices, the cost, those high deductibles are really impacting families. So I think these are all going to be issues that are talked about both in the primary and the general election. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful having you on the show this evening. Uh, I think that you've just shared a whole lot of great information with our audience. And uh, thank you again for being here. You have been listening to All About Nursing live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. I'm Dr. Joyce Batchelor, the host of the show, and hopefully you'll tune in again next week. Thank you. You've been listening to All About Nursing with your host, Dr. Joyce Batchelor. Tune in each week and get a daily dose of nursing and the healthcare services they provide and how nurses are finding innovative ways to address the key healthcare issues they're facing today. Here on Dr. Joyce Batchelor's All About Nursing. You've been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.